Hello, e-commerce fans, and welcome to 10 Minute Ecom, an AOV Lab podcast. Every episode, we break down a new and different tactic that can help you improve your e-commerce KPIs, key performance indicators. I'm your host, Andrew Figgins. I am an e-commerce professional. You may know me as the founder of AOV Lab, the former VP of product innovation at Scrubs and Beyond, or as the former director of e-commerce technology at Rural King. Today, I'm excited to be talking to Josh Justice, an e-commerce colleague that is doing very interesting work in e-commerce and has a lot to say today on this episode that's very informative. So be sure to stay tuned for the entire episode. Anyway, Josh, what did you come on the show to share today with your e-commerce colleagues? Hi, I'm Josh and I'm from Super ATV based out California. One thing I've seen that works in e-commerce is having specific advertising campaigns that helps not only sell your products, but helps them improve their organic ranking and improve sales overall. Thank you, Josh. After the ad, we'll get right into the chat. Today's episode of 10 Minute Ecom is brought to you by shop.aovlab.com. It is a brand new store with fun apparel and gear, specifically for ecom professionals just like you and me. We've got high quality embroidered and printed t-shirts, hoodies and hats that will spice up any Zoom call or in-person meeting with your team. If you lead a team, these products make for awesome gifts to celebrate hitting a conversion rate or average order value milestone. If you work in e-commerce, I think you'll not only find some humor in these products, but also a sense of pride for what you do every day. Again, the site is shop.aovlab.com. Head over right now and browse while you listen, unless you're driving. In that case, pull over. You've got to see and share these products. One last time, the website is shop.aovlab.com. And now, back to the show. Josh, it's a pleasure to have you here today on 10 Minute Ecom. I'm super excited to dive in and talk about this. Some of this is very new to me. So can you explain the difference between uh, what you're talking about and the more traditional approach to advertising yeah, in marketplaces? Definitely. So. Overall, the goal of advertising on Amazon is that you want more sales and you typically have a, a ROAS goal or an ACOS goal, but you might want a two or three ROAS if the category is super competitive or you're trying to shoot for a five to eight because you, you don't have a lot of money. So there's the other side is like you want to be efficient, but you also want to use advertising to help get your products ranking higher organically. So you spend less advertising on them long-term and you can grow the business in a competitive market. That makes a lot of sense to me. Tell me a little bit, we were chatting about this before the recording started today, being able to isolate your branded versus your more generic searches or your non-branded searches. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I would say I could talk about that second, or let's, let's just give an example of unbranded versus branded. So you definitely want to isolate campaigns and keywords into unbranded and branded campaigns. Unbranded being the generic words, like if you're looking for a toy at Christmas, you might be typing in toys for boys age five or whatever, or toys, or, or you might just have some generic. There's no brand involved and you're competing against everyone and their mom on Amazon. So it's super competitive. Whereas if you were typing in, I'm looking for a GI Joe, that's a name brand. And so you want to keep those separated because the intentions to, to purchase is different. If you're looking for G.I. Joe or a Lego set, you're highly likely to buy what you're looking for, especially because Amazon has such a wide variety. So 
your ROAS on that is going to be $15, $20. It's going to be high compared to if you're bidding on toys for boys age five, there's a lot of competition. Your ROAS of a three or four is going to be pretty, pretty. So you want to isolate those so that you're efficient with your money that you're spending and you can measure things properly. I definitely come from a background of like ROAS being the lighthouse metric for in terms of advertising on marketplaces or even Google. But I think what you're saying today in this topic that you're bringing up, a tactic that you're bringing is really ROAS is not the most important thing. It sounds like something else is more important. What is that? Yeah, I would say that in general, I try to have a good ROAS overall for an account. But within the account, you can have different goals for different kinds of ads. And so that's where we talk about if you are have a ROAS of like 0.5 or just a dollar, but it's increasing your sales by 50% or it's increased by sales, organic sales, then you look at it as a marketing cost or an operating expense. It's like, yeah, of course I would spend that money to get overall a lot more sales. And so this is something that is a little bit a little bit more. It's definitely widely more accepted than it was maybe a few years ago. I and mean, I've had some examples of some success. And I think in this environment, now I think I know in this environment, a lot of people, you have a, a limited budget, right? You're not going to easily get money. And so it's really important to also keep track of how you're spending money because it's easy to just not dig in deep. And, and there's times to dig in deep and times to not be too worried about your advertising. But yeah, so goal is overall to increase sales. So that's the topic for today. Absolutely. Josh, I'm curious, like, how do you, how do you separate the products and choose one for the more organic strategy versus the paid strategy that then lifts up all organic? How do you make those choices? Yeah. So typically that's not, it's not chosen by the advertiser unless if I'm in an advertising role, I'm going to let my key account manager or my director know. So really it's a, that's like a company objective, right? Like, hey, we want to prioritize these products, get people into our brand and, and purchasing some of our other products. So you typically should already have a priority list um, where you want to tier it and uh, have a top five list, top 10 or top 13 and, and, and break it up. Um, so that's where you start. So let's say I can give you an example of when I worked at Lego, I had four products that were for just a limited age range. And I wanted to get these products more visible in the top five keywords in this category. And so I got with First, I looked at inventory. Are we going to have the inventory? These products, we really want to push in these keywords. So you can look at it as if you're in a, if you're in a store, hey, we want this, the most visible spot, an end cap or whatever. So same thing applies. So you choose those and you work as a team to, to choose those. And, and in this case, I chose two that I knew were going to perform pretty well. And two that are like, I would call them second tier products that probably going to sell one fourth of what the other ones are. So start with that. Typically in general, you would have, you'd just have products in order of priority. You're also looking at the price point. Does it make sense to advertise this product that the price is too low? You don't want to advertise it. It's too high. People are not going to convert on it because they're looking for something typically in, in a price range. So start with that. You find the keywords that you want to win on. Then what I do is I create a campaign for every single keyword, or I might just put all five keywords in the same one. Ideally, if you have the bandwidth, you want to have, let's say one, one product, uh, each product has their own campaign for the word toddler toy. And then one keyword has, and then each product has their own campaign for the word preschool toy. 
you can lump them all together, but you can track more accurately if you can do them separate. But that depends on bandwidth and you might not be able to do that, but you can at least put three or four or five and start spinning heavily on those. And then even later, you could always like, hey, I'm seeing two of these keywords are doing really great. Why don't we just pull that out and just do two separate campaigns for those two keywords? So a little technical there, but there's a couple ways you can do it. There's the, the ideal way. And then there's a realistic way that we all only have so many hours in a day. So right. then I would say, okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to ask you, I, I think it's, we all have that set number of hours a day, of course, but also budget wise, like I've never had a marketing leader come to me and say, Hey, we've got an extra half a million dollars for you to use yeah. on advertising. Like, how do you, when you start to see something, you know, what maybe some of those keywords are working, do you have a way that you look to audit the account and try to find ways of getting those dollars towards those campaigns that are really working? Yeah, definitely. So I've done this at multiple brands and the key is to, to work within your budget, right? And like you said, there's, how do I find more money if this is working well? quote unquote, find more money when you're not going to get more money. So you want to audit your audit your campaigns and you can use a lot of automated software. I've used a variety of use taken metrics. I've used PackView. You can build in automated rules to pull spin down, but you still need a human touch because for example, I've got keywords at Super ATV where within a campaign, I'm not breaking it out into separate campaigns uh, because the catalog is so massive, but Hey, like I'm okay with this keyword being a one or two raws within this campaign and the others being five or six or eight. So I can't set different rules for the same campaigns. And in this case, there's so many campaigns. I can't build them out in detail, like one keyword for one campaign. So constantly auditing, looking to make sure that in the unbranded campaigns, I'm not having a bunch of, un of my own brand targets within that campaign, because that's going to inflate raws. But it might also waste a lot of money. When you're at a bigger brand as well, your brand is being searched a lot. So even if you have a lower bid, the sheer volume, you could just be churning through money like crazy. So that's one way you audit. Make sure you're branded or not in the unbranded. There's ways to build roles or like within PackView, there's a setting where I would search all of the search terms and the targets and it saves it, the the settings you have. Maybe it's like, Anything with five clicks, uh, $5 spent and no sales for the last week. Or maybe it's bigger, it's $50. You can create settings where you search that. And then you can go through and look and, hey, I don't want to change this for this keyword because I'm okay being a little bit more risky with that. So you constantly have to edit it. You can automate some stuff. But so if you're really got to save money, you got to do that a little bit more. Because if you say, let's say your budget's 200 grand a month but you might save 20 grand by being a little bit more detailed for that one. So that frees up more money for these other campaigns. And so that's just something you want to do. And I think the key is when you're doing this, you got to measure things. You want to check what's your average daily sales for this product and the time period before you start this. What's the Reiki on Amazon? And we all know rankings on Amazon fluctuate. If you're using Helium 10 and you've got that widget on the product page, it goes like down and then goes up, up, and then down. It doesn't matter how good the product is. If you're selling a million dollars a week of that product, Amazon just has their system where it goes up and goes down. And so you just want to check it. And then during this test period, I would say you test at least two weeks. I would say don't test a week because um, who knows what happened that week. There could be a big storm that 
makes demand go down or something that happens where it goes up. So two weeks is generally pretty good. If you could do longer, that's better. And then you start measuring, okay, did my organic sales go up in this test period? Then you want to wait a couple of weeks after you stop testing to see, okay, does it sustain itself or does it dwindle back down? And then one thing that we didn't have this data when I started this years ago, was you can see out of those ad sales, how many people bought the actual SKU you were advertising versus another SKU. And that one takes a little bit more learning of what your account is like. Do 40% of your customers buy a different product or is it do 90% when they click on an ad, they actually buy that product. That's a little bit more nerdy, but you want to take a look and see because sometimes your ad sales for a product can be more than the overall sales. And that's just because the ad sales include if another product. I appreciate you nerding out today with <laughs> your on 10 minute Josh. I think for the folks out there that are e-com professionals listening to this, like it's really useful knowledge that you're sharing today. Totally appreciate it. It is 10 minute e-com. So there's not a whole lot of time here today, but before we head out, I wanted to ask you, is there anything else you'd like to share with your colleagues out there in e-commerce that are, might be listening today? Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting time period. I think those of us have, that have been in it for a while, we've seen a lot of growth. A lot of our careers have really benefited from the the spike in Amazon and, and e-commerce sales, but we're just in a tougher period. You've got to work harder and it's widespread. Like I meet people from much bigger brands in mine, network with former colleagues, and some people are still growing a lot. Some people are having not even outpacing inflation this last year. And so you're not alone. Everybody's dealt with it. There's a lot of challenges that if you think you're alone, you most likely are not. But the more I meet people, the more it's like, hey, I had to really be diplomatic to get these things across internally. And then you're like, what was it? It's like something very simple that we all know we need to do, such as like SEO or some simple things. So yeah, you're just, you're not alone. It's important to network and chat with people. And I think that gets you through the hard days. And, and then you have people to celebrate when things are, are going well. Thanks again, Josh, so much for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure having you. Yeah, thank you. Well, we have hit that 10-minute mark times two, so that's a wrap for today's episode. I want to again thank our guest, Josh Justice. If you have a moment, be sure to subscribe, like, or follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is that you listen. As mentioned earlier in the episode, please head on over to shop .aovlab.com, our brand new store that helps to support this podcast. It is launching with nearly 100 products, so plenty to choose from. Our top seller so far is a shirt that simply says Ecom on it. I wear it around my extended family so I can point to it when my relatives ask me what I do. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. Until next time, this is Andrew Figgins signing off and saying, have a good one.